Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And Phil. I'll just stop you there, Mike. Uh, before we go any further, just letting people know this is a mini episode. Oh, yes. That is probably important information for people to have. Uh, and it is a mini episode. This was your idea, actually, Phil. This is a good one. It is tying into pretty much, you know, the the one movie that everyone's been talking about for the past few weeks. Yeah, that's right, Mike. Ugly Dolls. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. Yes, we figured it was time to uh, dive into the Ugly Dolls mythology here on After the End. Yeah, it's so, it's so rich and deep. I hadn't realized until we looked into this. <laughs> Well, of course, that's not really what we're talking about, but we are going to be, and we're not actually talking about this movie either. We were inspired by Avengers Endgame being, of course, the subject of everyone's conversations over the past few weeks. And so, Phil, tell people what your idea was for this mini episode. Yeah, well, yeah we're going to talk about the Marvel comic book characters that we would like to see in the Marvel Cinematic Universe who haven't already been seen on the big screen or the small screen. Yes, yeah, so Marvel has such a, you know, a wealth of characters. And even though a lot of them have appeared on either, you know, the big screen or the, the small screen, there's still a lot of great characters out there who haven't been touched on. So we thought we're going to tackle our top five Marvel characters who need their own movie um, because we love Marvel. And so we, we wanted to kind of share some of those characters that you may not have heard of that might be ripe for big screen storytelling. That's correct. And we're not going to be looking, we're not going to be including characters such as the Fantastic Four, the Silver Surfer, because they've been in other movies, but not not by Marvel Studios. So we, even though I can't wait to see them, you know, properly done with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, these are ones which we don't think have been in anything so far. Yeah, right. Exactly. And um, also, I'm going to go ahead and say for my list, I basically avoided any I didn't look at all at what Marvel's potential plans for the future movies might be. I know that some people have the, yeah, yeah, you know, this yeah. like graphic of like, here's all the movies Marvel's making over the next 27 years. <laughs> uh, I didn't look at that because I, I wasn't concerned with whether they're planning one or not because it doesn't it doesn't impact my desire to see these characters, whether they are planning it or not. So um, I both I basically just went by who have I not seen on the screen yet and who do I want to see? Yes, yeah. All right, well, Phil, do you want to kick us off then? Yes, I will. I'll, I'll kick things off. And uh, my number five is actually, it's a couple of characters, uh, but they're both sort of the cosmic heroes, you know, the same the same kind of, you'd see them usually like like a Guardians of the Galaxy kind of thing off in space. Uh, they are Quasar and Nova. And we've had the Nova core shown in the Guardians of the Galaxy, but there is a hero, uh, uh, what's been a, a number of different people, but uh, Richard Ryder is the one I'm thinking of, who was uh, given the power of the Nova core. Uh, so yeah, then he was flying around, basically a bit like Captain Marvel is now flying around uh, with super strength, super flights, uh, and various power blasts. But I, I like the character Richard Ryder as well. Uh, you could also then bring in the new warriors at a later date, things like that. But uh, he'd be good. And I always like the uh, the design of his armor and his helmet. And Quasar, I'm thinking of because I always had a soft spot for Wendell Vaughn. This was a guy who had these mad, uh, not magic, but these quantum quantum bands which gave him superpowers, and he could. He'd be flying off in space doing all sorts of stuff. And just, again, he was another good character. And there's been different characters called Quasar through the years. Some of them have been in uh, various team books. But uh, at the moment, I'm going with Quasar and Nova for my number five. I like it. 
Very good choices. Thank you very much. All right. So my number five is sort of a cheat. Okay. Uh, because a version sort of of this character has appeared on the big screen, on the small screen. Okay. But it's so far removed from anything to do with the character that I'm talking about that I felt like I could include it. Ooh, okay. What is it? Who is it? It is uh, Deathlock, also known as oh, Deathlock okay. the Demolisher. Yeah, yeah. So in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they introduced this character, Mike something. He was kind of like a cyborg that had been experimented on, had some kind of powers, and you know, that was basically his whole storyline. But in the comics, the original Deathlock was this like super soldier from this post-apocalyptic future that Spider-Man and Captain America interacted with him in and he's basically like he was in a state of suspended animation he was brought out and turned into the super soldier and he has this like computer in his brain that he talks to and it's always trying to he's always fighting this computer trying to like take the most lethal you know action yeah. and he's he's trying to be a hero but it's sort of like almost like a split personality and he, he like I said he's in this sort of post-apocalyptic future it's really grim and gritty and dirty uh, and it basically has nothing at all to do with the Deathlock that appeared in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So um, so I felt like I could get away with that. But I would think it would be really neat to see Marvel do like a story that takes place in a future where America has basically just fallen into ruin and there's this, you know, this creepy looking cyborg super soldier running around, you know, trying to do good. And I think it would be really neat to have sort of the dialogue between him and the computer. I just think that Marvel could do a lot with that. You know, yeah, it's an interesting yeah. character that they could do a lot with. I, 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 I like that version of Deathlock. Yeah, 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 it's really cool. I, I always like the design of him as well. He's a great looking character yeah. that I think they could really do some neat stuff ba with. Basically like a cyborg zombie almost, the look of him. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think you could play with that. You know, not making a zombie story, but certainly this would be a dark Marvel film. You know, Oh, totally, be, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a light and frothy Marvel film. Okay, no, that's an excellent choice. I do like that. And I will allow it because as you say, the one in Aiden to Shield, it was good for the show even though they kept forgetting about him he was very powerful in that so they could have brought right. him back to solve many of the problems but they never right. did but right. uh, that's by the way yeah no judgment on that i just it's just yeah. not really it was a neat way for them to sort of take a concept and you know pay some fan service but yeah. it wasn't really deathlock it wasn't the deathlock we uh, we know and love from the comics exactly yeah. okay uh, my number four is uh, i'm going with she hulk jennifer walters very good uh, i always i always love hulk but he's already been in the films had a few films of his own Jennifer Walters is Bruce Banner's cousin. She gets a blood transfusion from him and becomes, uh, well, She-Hulk. But she keeps her intellect, uh, but she's super strong and everything. She's also a lawyer. And there's been some great stories through, over the years with her, often dealing with her fighting supervillains, but also then being in, in court and dealing with that. So you could have, you could do so much with the character in the in the cinematic universe. You could have it in different, you could have her, you know, kicking ass. You could also have her defending the various uh, superheroes, things like that. Lots of potential. You just need a great actress to uh, play her, and uh, you're good to go. But there's, she could crop up in various different films uh, representing people and things like that. That's my number four. Absolutely. Great character. And actually, I thought about putting her on my list, uh, but she didn't make the cut. Uh, but certainly one I had considered. So very good choice. Excellent. All right. Well, my number four, I think, is kind of a bit of an oddball choice, but I think that Marvel could pull it off. And the character is Rick Jones. Oh, uh, now, for, for those of you who don't know, Rick Jones originally started off, he was the teenager... Well, in the in the Hulk's original origin, he, he you know he was saving a kid from this gamma bomb, and then he got irradiated and turned into 
the Hulk. Well, that kid was Rick Jones. And for many years, he basically served as the Hulk sidekick, kind of helping Bruce out, you know, picking him up when he was in the middle of the desert and stuff like that. And over the years, he's evolved and he's become he was Captain America's sidekick, kind of best friend for a while. He he kind of worked with the Avengers. He's sort of like a jack of all trades, doesn't have any superpowers. But what I really like is the idea. Uh, he went to space for a while. I mean, he's done all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I love the idea of Marvel taking this this character and making a film where maybe it takes place over, you know, maybe a stretch of a few years and all these other Marvel characters show up just very briefly as Rick sort of travels from place to place, adventure to adventure. And then maybe he has a scene or two with Iron Man, you know, a couple scenes with the Hulk and a couple scenes with Captain America, maybe goes into space. But in the meantime, we're just following Rick almost as like a like a side story, yeah, yeah. you know, where it's just a bunch of cameos in it. And I think they could do some really interesting things with him because he just seems to always be where the action is, even though he has no powers of his own and he's really good at getting out of crazy situations i think marvel could make like this sort of cosmic space road trip buddy comedy type thing you know and yeah, intersperse yeah. a whole bunch of characters and it could be really really neat i could see that yeah that's that's an excellent choice i do like rick jones yeah he's always fun if they got the right actor for him especially yeah yeah if they got the an actor who just somebody who just oozes charisma you know who's just ultimately likable um i think they could i i think they could pull it off yeah, back in the day, I could see uh, Michael J. Fox playing him. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right, exactly. Someone just that everyone likes, you know? Oh, good choice. Excellent choice. Thank you. Okay. Uh, my number three is a character who hasn't been in the films, although his likeness was seen in Thor Ragnarok on the side of uh, Jeff Goldblum's tower on the, the alien planet. But this one is Beta Ray Bill. Yes. Who's, uh, oh, I always love this character. He's basically he's basically an alien version of Thor. And he's, uh, he's from a race of alien beings who are being chased down by some other alien evil. Uh, the, yeah, he's part of the Corbinite race, that's it. Uh, um, but he's, he's got this cool face, almost looks like a horse's skull, and he's protecting the ship uh, with all his, uh, the rest of his uh, race on there. And he ends up, through various, you know, through comic book plotting and everything, he ends up uh, getting uh, Thor's hammer, Mjolnir, and is, is found worthy, and he gets the power of Thor, and he eventually gets his own war hammer called Stormbreaker, and it, it was just, I just loved it because at first he fights the Thor we know and then becomes his friend. And he's just this cool alien character who just, he looks, he looks like a proper alien, which is great. Uh, pretty scary, but then he's wearing the whole Thor get up. I just think he'd look amazing on screen. Um, with the with the CG motion capture now, it'd be dead easy to do. I'll say that because, you know, I don't actually do that. So it could be dead hard. I don't know. Apologies to the people in the VFX world. Uh, but <laughs> I, I just think, again, I mean, he's another way of having a Thor, a character like Thor, but he's got a different kind of attitude. Uh, he's got a different kind of set of skills and things like that. And I just love the name, Peter Ray Bell. Yeah. But I, I just, I want to see him on the big screen at some point. I would too. And actually, I, I came so close to putting him on my list. He was the very first character I thought of when we decided to do this list. <laughs> cool, because cool. I've been, a, I've been a huge Beta Ray Bill fan for just years. Um, he's a great character, but the reason I didn't put him on my list, the only reason he didn't make the cut, besides that I had so many choices to pick from, was even though he's an alien and all that stuff, I felt like maybe he was a little too similar to Thor. Uh, okay, yeah, So yeah. in terms of making a movie about him, I was worried that it would just kind of rehash Thor from a slightly different perspective. Oh, for, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so that's why I didn't pick it, but I would love to, I think I'd love to see him show up in a Thor movie yeah, as a supporting yeah. character, maybe as opposed to getting his own film, but I do love the character and I would love to see him on the big screen. Yeah. So absolutely. Excellent. All right. Very good. So my number three, I'm going to dig deep into the most obscure recesses of the Marvel pantheon. Holy crap. There's some real bad ones there, but go on. <laughs> 
And it's actually a group of people known as DP7 or Displaced Paranormals 7. Now, this is a real deep dive. Whoa, so, so, that so is fans, a deep dive. Yeah, bear with me here. So for those, so there's like two people out there who are going, oh my gosh, that's awesome. And everyone else is going, what are you talking about? So back in 1986, Marvel launched a sort of like subgroup of comics called the Marvel New Universe. And basically what it was was they created like eight comics with all new superheroes that didn't exist in the existing Marvel Universe. They were kind of in a new one. So they weren't interacting with Spider-Man and Captain America and stuff like that. Because it was Starbrand, wasn't it? I remember Starbrand. Yeah, Starbrand was in there. Kickers Incorporated. Uh, they had a whole a whole bunch of them. Not all of them were great, but there was one comic called DP Seven. Like I said, Displaced Paranormal Seven. And what it was, so the new universe was kind of meant to be a little bit, I think, more based in like the real world, kind of, you know. Yeah. Um. So it was sort of like an '80s take on the Marvel, the birth of the Marvel universe. What if all of a sudden now there was all these new characters? So this was about this group of seven strangers who all develop paranormal powers and they end up at this clinic because they're basically freaking out. They don't have to do one guy like vibrates really fast. So he can kind of move fast. One guy has one guy was like kind of a mammoth, like huge character. I think one girl could maybe turn invisible or something like that. And so they go to this clinic for help and they're there being studied. And one of them, some of them, how they find out that basically this clinic is out to exploit them and to use their powers for nefarious purposes. So they go on the run. Um, and then they're being hunted, basically. So there's these seven characters with these powers who kind of go out across America and are trying to escape this evil corporation that's trying to track them down. Um, and I, it, the whole new universe thing lasted only a few years. I think it was done by 91. So it only lasted about five years. And most of the books weren't a big hit. DP7 lasted, I think, about 27 issues. But I was a big fan of it. And I, when I was trying to think of characters or you know things that would make good movies, I tried not to just think of you know, the most popular ones, but what would, or ones that I loved, but what would make for a good film? And I think the idea of Marvel taking this sort of group of superpowered characters who don't know how to use their powers and who don't know each other and going on the run from some big evil, you know, ominous corporate yeah, yeah. conglomerate thing could make for a really cool movie. And I think Marvel could do it well. And if anybody can bring characters to life who we know nothing about, it's Marvel. So I think that would be a cool one. DP7. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I remember the new universe. I don't remember reading DP7. But yeah, uh, I, in my opinion, it was the best of the new universe yeah, comics. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think it was one of the one of the better sellers. Because I think lots of the, those comics, they did have some good concepts, but they just, it didn't quite work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah agreed. But okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a nice one. That is a deep, very deep dive. I like it. Okay. My number two is one which I think lots of people would want to see is a Moon Knight. Yeah. Who's basically, it's well, not basically. You, no, yeah. If you take it for the most basic level, he's bas- he's he's sort of like a Marvel's version of Batman, right? And that he doesn't he doesn't have he doesn't really have superpowers, but he's just like a super trained guy, tough guy, goes out at night, beats the crap out of bad guys. But he's been he's been all sorts. Mark Spector's the guy's name. He's been a mercenary, marine, boxer, detective, and then one day he ended up uh, stumbling upon an ancient temple, and there's a statue of an Egyptian moon god called Khonshu who apparently spoke to him and, and he has visions of him. However, as it goes on, the way the story's told, and he's been around for years, but the various stories t- tell he has multiple personality disorder or whatever you want to call it these days. But it's so he, and, but you're not sure whether who, if Mark Spector's real or these other ones he has, Jake Lockley, a taxi driver, Stephen Grant, other other ones, and then the Moonlight itself. Uh, and I just, I think it'd just be, be so good. If it's if there's a good script and a great actor who can play all these different personalities and you've got a good bad guy to go up against, it could be just, it could be phenomenal. It just, it could be, uh, it could be so good. There's so much potential for this one again. Yeah. I, I mean, I, personally, I think it worked better maybe as a TV show, but again, you've got to make sure it's, it's the writing's good and you've got the right actor. 
But uh, yeah, Moonlight, I, I want to see. Especially the fact, you know, he's got the all that, that white costume because he wants the bad guys to see him coming, unlike uh, Batman, right. who just wants right. to scare the crap out of them. But yeah. uh, Moonlight is my number two. Very good choice. Another one who came really close to making yeah, my yeah. list. Uh, he has one of the best costumes in comics. Oh, it's so awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Moon Knight is such a great visual. Um, and similar reason, the reason I didn't put him on my list is I do feel like he's a little bit of Marvel's Batman. And I, yeah, I felt yeah. like it was... You know, I, I never loved the whole split personality thing either. You know, he's one of those characters. They've changed his origin 800,000 times. So it's almost like, which version of Moon Knight do we even put on the big screen? That's, you know that's, what I mean? the, that's the decision. Yeah, that's a tricky one. Yeah. So I think Marvel could pull it off, but I didn't put him on my list just because I, I couldn't figure out, you know, what yeah, I yeah, wanted yeah, to do yeah, with it. Yeah. But a great choice because he would look amazing if they did him right. Oh, yeah. And he, again, he's another one who could crop up in various films. Yeah, you know, could have crossover. Right. Yep. All right. Well, my number two is another obscure one, but not as obscure. It's actually a title from Marvel's imprint, Epic Comics. And uh, I've mentioned this to you before, Phil. This won't be a big surprise to you, but it is Alien Legion. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was... <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking. <laughs> one of my favorite comic books of all time uh, it's basically about this you know this it's set in the far future out in you know the far reaches of space and it's basically this unit this military unit of just like all the like alien scum that nobody wanted for anything else they're basically like almost not quite a suicide squad but just like the most expendable squad of soldiers you could possibly have they're all misfits and losers and criminals and thieves and uh you know they come under the command of Major Saragar, who's a, a total military hard ass, and um, it's just a great. It's like a war comic set in space with all these great alien characters, and there's one character called Jugger Grimrod, who's just like a complete and utter badass, and just will kill people for no reason. I mean, he's you know, but but deep down, has still got some redeeming qualities to him, and just really great characters, great designs, a whole a, a great look to the whole series, um, and I just think it'd be amazing if Marvel, you know, we, they've proven they can do big humongous effects you know for multiple characters we've seen it in all the avengers movies now so i just think if they could pick out like six or seven of the core characters and just send us into deep space at war yeah you know and just give us a full-on war movie like a saving private ryan type with alien characters it would be amazing and i i would love to see it there has actually been an alien movie alien legion movie in development for like 15 years it's gone back and forth it's one of those films that yeah keep cropping up doesn't every few years yeah it, it's been optioned over and over again but it's just stuck in development hell so maybe someday we'll see it but uh, as of right now n- unfortunately no go but alien legion i would i would kill to see that on the big screen yeah that's that'd be so good so good okay uh, my number one all right let's hear it my yes. number one is uh he's a character who's been up against Various Marvel characters also been up against the Transformers. He actually originated in the Transformers comic. It is uh, Death's Head. Oh, wow. The freelance peacekeeping agent. Uh, the original yeah. version of him because he's been upda- upgraded many times. But I'm going with the, yep. the, the first one. The one yep. who always seemed... I always picture him like a German accent, I think, in my head. The way it was <laughs> right. Uh, right. But he's just he's basically a robotic bounty hunter. He's got a, fa- like a, a stylized skull-like face. Uh, he's quite funny. He can travel through time. Uh, some First time, I think... He appeared he was like huge, but then he's like shrunk down a bit. Oh, he also went up against Doctor Who in some of the comics. He's been he's been up against everyone. I just liked him because he's funny. He's a, a professional. He's yeah. funny. <laughs> and he'll just he can beat the crap out of anyone. Right. Uh, and I just think he's just uh yeah, again, he's he's not one I don't don't think he'd have his own his own film, but I could see him as like uh, maybe a, a bad guy in a few films, but then he turns out because he's often if he can do the right deal. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll switch sides and things like that. But I could, I could see him actually, you know, uh, in a future uh, uh, Deadpool comic having Death yeah, yeah. turn up, and I think they'd be good interactions. But I'd love to see him because I always loved the design when I was younger. I painted a big version of him on my wall in my bedroom. Nice, and that's who uh, 
that's who I'd like to see. He's my yeah. Have a look online, see what he looks like. He's just awesome, and uh, that's my yeah. number one. Death's Head. That's a really good pick. I love Death's Head. Actually, I'm yeah, a big yeah. fan. I uh, I think that was one that a lot more of the British listeners will recognize, though, because he he made a much bigger splash in the Marvel UK comics back that's in right. like yeah, the yeah. 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, and he did get some some exposure over here, but I remember all the early stuff I read with him was from those kind of the bigger sized weekly you know UK Marvel comics that came out in the in the late 80s or so. You know. Yeah, he was um, in another one a, as well. The Dragons Claws. As well, he was a guest yep, appearance yep, that's that right. and stuff like that. Yeah, but. yeah, great character, great visual though. I mean, he really does look awesome, and Marvel could could just bring that to life on the big screen. That would yeah. be quite fantastic. So, good choice. I didn't even think about Death's Head, but I, I like much. it. Yeah, because yeah, he, he could turn up in like uh, easily turn up in a Guardians of the Galaxy film. Oh, yeah, absolutely, like that, yeah. absolutely, without a doubt. That's uh, that's my number one. Awesome. Cool. But uh, what's going on with your number one? Well, it turns out I picked another group of characters for my number one, which I didn't mean to do, but this is one that I would really, really like to see. It's one of my favorite comics from when I was a kid, and uh, it's a comic that was big in the 80s. I think a lot of people love it from the 80s and haven't been able, they haven't been able to really make it work since then, but I think it could make, I put it as number one because I think it would make a really great film. It is <laughs> it is Power Pack. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> right? And for, for those of you who don't know, Power Pack is about these four young kids. I mean, we're talking like between ages like five and 12, and basically they kind of meet like an alien from another race, and he imbues them with these powers. And one of them has like energy powers. One of them can fly super fast. Uh, um, one of them can disintegrate things and one of them can shrink and, and turn into like vapor, like he can affect his density. And so it's these four young kids basically trying to hide their powers from their parents and also kind of save the world or at least, you know, do good deeds as superheroes. Um, and it was a great comic during the time. I, it was a lot of fun. The characters were really well developed. Each of the kids had their own personality. They had terrific costumes. And I just think like, you know, Marvel's so good at developing characters. And I know that obviously we'd have to watch them grow because actors don't stay young forever. So at some point it wouldn't be about kids anymore. But I'm thinking like Marvel kind of doing like almost like their Harry Potter version where they put out like a oh, movie a good year. Oh, idea. Yeah, yeah. You know, where you see them from the time they're like maybe like five to ten up until they're like, you know, late teenagers graduating high school. And we see them grow with their powers and, and their experiences get more intense. Um, you know, their relationship with their parents, you know, changes. Maybe they get some romantic entanglements as they get older. Um, but I just think as far as movies go, Marvel could really find a fun way to do that and and give us something kind of neat and unique that we haven't seen on the, on the screen before. So that's my pick, Power Pack. A lot of fun. I would love to see them bring them to life. That, that's an excellent choice, yeah, because I always, always felt the writing on that was really good because they did feel like yes. a, a bunch of siblings because the arguments and things they'd have, you know, yep. a bit jealous of each other's powers and... Uh, yep. The young, yep. the youngest of them getting scared by some of the alien bounty hunters, stuff like that. Yeah, it was yeah. great, right? Because she was like a five-year-old, who, but she yeah, was yeah. the most powerful one. So yeah, like yeah, they had yeah. to like, they would, you know, they'd have to comfort her or she'd get scared, but then she'd have to kind of be brave and stuff. And like, it was just really well done. And the kids were all great characters. And um, yeah, yeah. So I'd love to see that. Yeah, there's quite a few young characters. Good, like Miss Marvel as well. You could have all them coming in. Yeah, she was actually on my list, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the current Miss Marvel, but she got displaced. But I, I do like her a lot too. Well, I had one as well on my list, but I wanted to, but he, he got, kept getting pushed back. But there's, there's always talk, Captain Britain. I don't see Captain Britain. Oh, he, yeah. Yeah, that's Then you got cool. the fantasy elements and things as well of Excalibur. Right. Because oh, yep. further down the line, I'd love to see an Excalibur team movie because that was one of my favorites as well. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. But we could quite easily fall into talking about so many of the characters. <laughs> right. Right. Well, we'll let it go there. But uh, Marvel, if you're listening, let's uh, let's get these going, all right? Here's 10 great movie ideas for you. So let's put them to the big screen ASAP, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're, they're all going to work. And, you know, we wouldn't want much. For, for using them 
even though right, you don't yeah. have the rights. We don't have the rights <laughs> to the say, all, but, I don't uh, think we'd get much of anything, well, but even maybe just a thank you in the credits I'd be happy with. That'll, that'll do, that'll do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right, there you go. So that is our top five Marvel characters or teams, in my case, that need their own Marvel movie. Uh, And that's going to do it for our episode as well. Uh, But tune back in next week. We'll have some more great content for you. But until that time, we thank you greatly for listening, as always. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next week. After the ending. Uh, Because Marvel has a lot of characters. um, And it's a rich, you know... Uh, tapestry of characters that's very pretentious to sound. and you, you want to cut this bit but the fact that every single current hero that we've seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe dies in Endgame they need to fill up the <laughs> roster <laughs> that doesn't really happen <laughs> yeah fake spoiler alert um, before you stop recording yeah yeah there's a joke I, I have a Marvel joke for you whoa <laughs> <laughs> what did cool. they call King T'Challa when he was a baby. Uh, I don't know. Black Pampers. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> 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 uh, that's comedy gold right there. Can I stop recording now, Mike? I need to go. I need to leave. <laughs> you know you're going to... I guarantee you, sometime the next week, you're going to tell somebody that joke. Yeah, well, probably, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if, depending on what the reaction is, I'm going, ah, Mike said that. I knew it was crap. That's right, right, right. You'll either blame me or you'll steal the credit from me, one yeah, or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>